This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Alright, welcome back for episode 22 of the Destination Debbie Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. If you don't know where to find me, I'm on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you follow the show at Destination Debbie. The DDP is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You can find the show pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts at, as well as on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. There are a ton of other great shows on the DLF family of podcasts network. So make sure you check those out for your fantasy and dynasty football needs. Now, week five of college football is in the books, and there were some absolutely dominant performances by some of the top Debbie prospects, by some more under-the-radar Debbie prospects, but I can't wait to get into those guys a little bit later. But man, I am not one for I told you so. That doesn't do anybody any good, right? I told you this player was going to be good. I told you this player was going to be a bust. Who cares? But, <laughs> but I really, really, really hope you guys listened to me over the summer when I was telling you to go out and get Chuba Hubbard before he became a household name. I hope you did it. And to be honest with you, this was one of the more easy or more predictable calls to make in the offseason. Chuba's ascension did not just come out of nowhere. You may not have heard of him because Oklahoma State wasn't a very good team and they had Justice Hill on the roster last year and you've got Tylen Wallace there and there's a young quarterback. But this was predictable. As a redshirt freshman, he had over 700 rushing yards while sharing the backfield with Justice Hill. He had over 200 receiving yards, 22 receptions, I mean, you saw this coming. A six foot one, 207 pound, 210 pound running back with legitimate track speed. We toss the word elite around a lot, but Chuba Hubbard has elite speed. And when he gets in the open field, you can see it. So you've got a guy as a redshirt freshman who had production stats while sharing the backfield with an NFL draft pick who a lot of people are really high on. He's got the backfield to himself with a young quarterback starting. Who who couldn't have seen this coming? Apparently a lot of people, because up until the past couple of weeks, he still was an unknown commodity to most. Now, those who are deep in the Debbie community, absolutely, we knew who Chuba Hubbard was. We follow these guys through high school, so absolutely we know. You're talking about me and some of the other some of the other people on Twitter and, and uh, 
Debbie, uh, Debbie Watch guys, of course they know who Chuba Hubbard is, but for the casual, everyday Dynasty Leaguer, people had no clue who this guy was. And now that he has been on an absolute tear, it's, oh my gosh, who is this guy? He's one of the best runners in the nation. Absolutely, he is. And on Saturday, 25 carries, 296 yards and a touchdown. He's got 128 carries for 938 yards on the season. 10 TDs while averaging 7.3 yards per carry. And a lot of people look at the game versus University of Texas and say that was his struggle game. He struggled in that game. He had 37 carries, 121 yards, and two TDs. So absolutely, it wasn't his most efficient game. But in five games this season, he's carried the ball 25-plus times in four, which shows me that he can be a bell cow. He can handle the load. It's early in the season. We'll see how he holds up. But he's got a strong frame. He's got sort of that, I don't want to say he's slender because he's over 200 pounds, but at six foot one, 207, he looks a little on the slimmer side, but he's put together. He is put together. And in five games to carry the ball 25 plus times in four, that shows me that he can handle the punishment. In that game versus Texas, we like to see those games. I like to see running backs, you know, grind out yards in tough contests and not just run through people constantly and never be challenged. He only has four receptions on the season, and a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, he doesn't catch the ball. Go look at what he did as a redshirt freshman, 22 receptions over 200 yards and two TDs. These are the skill sets of the making of a bell cow running back at the next level. The one game that he didn't have 25 carries, he only had eight for 44 yards. It was against McNeese State. He had a touchdown in that contest, but they didn't need him. Spencer Sanders was throwing the ball around. Tyler Wallace had a hell of a game. They pulled you, but he didn't even play the whole time. I think they pulled him after the second quarter. So when you're looking at some of these running backs who are potentially going to enter the 2020 NFL draft, Chuba Hubbard's name is right up there with DeAndre Swift, with Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins. He's right there. And for me, I said it three weeks ago. Don't be surprised when I put Chuba Hubbard over Travis Etienne in my Debbie rankings over on DLF.com. And I've done it. I've put him over Travis Etienne. I put Cam Akers over Travis Etienne. And that is not to diminish what he could become or diminish Travis Etienne as the runner. I just think those guys are better. I think DeAndre Swift and Chuba Hubbard and Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor are better running backs than Travis Etienne. Again, sample size. We're four or five games in. Some teams have had a bye already. But from what I've seen on film this season, I'll take all four of those over ETN. So if you are in a Debbie league and the owner of Chuba Hubbard is not keeping up with what's going on, or if you've got multiple 2021st or 2022nds, keep his name at the top of your list because I think he's going to declare. I think he's going to get some advice and he is going to declare. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he can absolutely come back and be the number one rated running back in the 2021 class. And if he does come back, he will be the number one running back in that class. But if he comes out, a running back of his size with legitimate 10-5 speed, and when he hits the open field, nobody is going to catch him, he could go a lot higher than people anticipate. And for that purpose, those mid-round, those late-round 2021st, those early 2022nd-round picks are going to be extremely valuable. And who does he have on the slate for next week? Texas 
Tech, who just got obliterated by Oklahoma. So expect another 200-yard-plus game out of Trouba Hubbard next week. Now, before we get into the standouts, I just want to say that my number one rated Debbie wide receiver, Rondell Moore, sophomore out of Purdue, had a nasty, nasty-looking knee injury, uh, what people are calling a hyperextension. The full results of the testing are not yet available yet, but I am just hopeful and praying for Rondell Moore that is not an ACL, MCL-type injury. He got up, and then he fell back down. His knee buckled. The crowd was silent. But when he got to the sideline, he was walking on his own, and, you know, that adrenaline is pumping. So once things calm down and the knee, you know, stops swelling, I'm no doctor. I'm just hopeful for good news that it's a sprain, a bruise, a hyperextension, but no legitimate tears because that would be tough. And I do believe that his 600-pound squat ability, the strength of his lower body, probably saved his knee if it is not, in fact, an ACL tear. So uh, just keep an eye out on Rondell Moore. This should not and will not impact him for the NFL draft, but for this season and the production that he's had or we were counting on this year, definitely a blow to Rondell Moore. Now let's talk about some standouts. And from the quarterback position, I can go through Brock Purdy. I can talk about a couple of other guys. But again, this show, Debbie Dynasty points. We want points. You want to know the guys who are coming out, who are going to make an impact at the next level. And today, we are only talking about four. I'm talking about Tua, Jalen Hurts, Justin Field, and Trevor Lawrence. And the reason why is because these guys are playing at a completely different level. I'll mention a couple other guys as well later on. Uh, Iowa quarterback Nathan Stanley, who I think is a sleeper, especially for super flex purposes. But for right now in the standout section, Tua went 26 for 36 for 418 yards, six more touchdowns, and no interceptions. I say it every week, and I'm not going to gloss over what he's doing because it's not ho-hum. It's easy for these college kids to come out there and have a letdown one week. It's easy for these college kids to come out and not be focused, but Tua is locked in. He's laser-focused. He has a bevy of NFL talent surrounding him, and he is delivering. Number one Debbie quarterback for me right now at this point in time is Tua Tungavailoa and what he's doing to college football. We'll see him at the Heisman finalist ceremony uh, later this year. Just absolutely ridiculous, and he should be. Justin Herbert is fantastic as well, but Tua should be the number one pick in the NFL draft in 2020. Now, Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts went 17 for 24, 415, three touchdowns, threw the air, one interception, added a bunch of yards on the ground, and then he had that Instagram post with him working out after the game, just very well put together, mature, love his poise, looks like he's improved as a passer. Jalen Hurts is elevating his draft stock, and for somebody who was probably looking at being a late NFL draft pick, It would not at all shock me if Jalen Hurts was selected in the first round of the NFL draft. And if that happens, he's somebody that will be picked early in dynasty rookie drafts and especially in super flex drafts. We see it now. I I, I look at the games that are happening right now and I ask myself, would I rather have Mitch Trubisky or Jalen Hurts? Would I rather have Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts? Would I rather have freaking Kirk Cousins who looks absolutely abysmal? Now, I know the offensive line is bad in Minnesota. Or a player like Jalen Hurts. And give me the unknown. Give me the black box prospect who has the tools to succeed at this new age NFL spread and shred. Jalen Hurts has that ability. Now, 
let's get really bold. Let's get really hot takey because the, 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 the heat, the steam is brewing with this 2021 number one quarterback selection. Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it Justin Fields? And Justin Fields is playing out of his mind right now. Ohio State looks like one of the best teams in college football up there with Alabama. And if they played Bama right now, I don't think that Alabama could stop Justin Fields. Both Fields and and Lawrence are 2021 eligible. Both of them will come out in 2021. Justin Fields, six foot three. Trevor Lawrence, six foot six. Both of them are athletic. Justin Fields is definitely the better runner. But we're talking about throwing the ball. And Fields can sling it. Lawrence can sling it. We know that. When you talk about NFL weapons, Clemson's weapons are far superior than Ohio State's. Ohio State's scheme is a hell of a lot better than Clemson's, and it's sad to watch Lawrence scramble around and try to make things happen by himself without a legitimate scheme around him. But when you're talking about production stats for the season, Justin Fields, 1,092 yards, 16 TDs, zero interceptions in his game versus Nebraska. He's got 42 rushes for 266 yards and four TDs. 69% completion percentage, 95.4 QBR rating. In his game against Nebraska primetime, he had three TDs through the air, one on the ground, 212 yards passing, and just completely just destroyed Nebraska, did whatever he wanted. Trevor Lawrence came down to the wire, barely beat North Carolina, but he made some absolutely dynamic throws. On the season, he's got 1,131 yards passing, eight TDs, five INTs, QBR of 78.8. Completion percentage, 65%. He's got 100 yards on the ground and four TDs. If you're sitting there in a Superflex draft in 2021, or hell, a Superflex startup Debbie draft, do you take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence? This, to me, was not even a question a few months ago. It was Trevor Lawrence all day, every day, twice on Sunday. But right now, if somebody were to select Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, I don't think that's a crazy call. I don't think that's bold. I don't think that's a hot take. Justin Fields, that ability to rush on the ground, his poise in the pocket, his decision-making, he looks like the better quarterback right now. If we're talking about college football play right now, Justin Fields is the better quarterback right now. Based off of his play, not long-term potential, not prospectus, not NFL outlook, but right now, Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. And I think he has that ability to be that at the next level. Will he? I don't know. We don't know. We'll see five, six years from now, but I think it is worth the conversation, and that is not to diminish T-Law. I know that the scheme is absolutely horrendous in Clemson, and the scheme at Ohio State is quarterback friendly. We've seen it from Troy Smith to JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, and now Justin Fields, but something is different about this kid Fields. Something he is built different, he is made different, and there's still a lot of college football left to be played. But we're having the conversation because the conversation deserves to be had. Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Now let's move on to some of the standout running backs. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, 24 carries, 177 yards. Man, he's 5'10", 217 pounds. Hey, after week one, he's been a monster. He has been unstoppable. 92 rushes on the season, 654 yards, 5 TDs. Dobbins is elevating himself. I've had him the top of tier two for my running back rankings. That is still the case, but he is about to creep up into that tier one running back uh, for 2020 NFL draft purposes. J.K. Dobbins looks really good, and I love his build. 
you know, close to 220 pounds at 5'10". That is prototypical size. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got speed. J.K. Dobbins is, is really uh, putting on a show this season, as well as A.J. Dillon. And I've, I've been one to say never A.J. Dillon. But I also like Derrick Henry. I know that may surprise some of you, but I'm a Derrick Henry fan. And A.J. Dillon, my big knock against him was the fact that he didn't catch a lot of passes. But right now, he's got six receptions on the season, which is more than Chuba Hubbard and is almost his career high of eight. He's rushed the ball 122 times for 627 yards and six TDs, six foot, 250 pounds. I don't like that build. He's built like, you know, TJ Duckett, uh, a shorter LeGarrette Blunt. He's not the most agile guy, but there's a role for players like A.J. Dillon at the next level. And a running back who has really caught my eye on this Saturday, and I've seen him make flashes throughout his time at Washington, is Savon Ahmed. Five foot eleven, hundred ninety six pounds. Versus USC in prime time, midday prime time. Seventeen carries, one fifty three and one. He had like a ninety yard touchdown run where he just turned on the Jets and was out. Looks like a legitimate four 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 three guy. He's got decent size on the season. Sixty one carries, almost four hundred yards, three ninety nine and one. Speed kills. Twenty twenty eligible. There's a place for him at the next level. Is he a bell cow? Is he a day one starter? Doubt it. But he could he be somebody like a uh, a bigger and more explosive version of Deion Lewis, where if you have to give him spot starts, he can make plays. And listen, folks, there are only 12 running back ones, 12 wide receiver ones, 12 tight end ones, 12 wide receiver twos, 12 running back twos. You need RB twos, RB threes, hell, RB fours, wide receiver fours. Those are valuable in fantasy. When you've got injuries, when you've got players that go down, when you've got a spread and shred offense. Doesn't matter even if you if these players don't turn into top tier high end running back ones, low end running back twos are valuable in fantasy. So get your mind out of I've got to get the top guy because all of these guys aren't going to hit. The goal is to get enough of these players who are actually going to produce points and be valuable to you as an asset on your team or as a trade piece in the future. And Ahmed is somebody who does have value. Now let's move on to the wide receivers and some of the monstrous performances from that. And we are starting with one of my personal favorite wide receivers, Devonta Smith out of Alabama. And it's easy to pick that name out now after he dropped uh, 274 yards in one, two, three, four, five touchdowns on Ole Miss on 11 receptions. Ridiculous. Six foot one, 175 pounds. He's leading Alabama in receiving yards receiving touchdowns, and his second to Jerry Judy in receptions with 31. But Smith is a freaking talented player, man. He's been clutch for Alabama since he stepped in Tuscaloosa. When Tua Tungvaloa won them that national championship game against UGA in 2018, you know he threw the game-winning touchdown pass to? That's right, number six, Devonta Smith. He has been the forgotten man in that wide receiver core, and I'm so glad that his coming out party happened in midday prime time against Ole Miss because he deserves it. He was a high four-star recruit. He was rated higher than Jalen Rager, rated higher, higher than Henry Ruggs. And when people talk about Alabama, it was Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Waddle, and nobody mentioned Devonta Smith. I told you so moment. I did. If you listen to the DDP, I've said it. If you follow me on Twitter, I've said he is the most underrated wide receiver in college football, and he really reminds me. Not body size, because Terry McLaurin is much bigger. He's 210 pounds. But the ascension that he can make at the next level is Terry McLaurin-like. 
I think he'll be the last of the Alabama trio that is that will be drafted. But he has an opportunity to make plays at the next level because he has short hands. He has great routes. He's dynamic after the catch. He can run the full route tree and he can go up and get it. I mean, he can do everything that Jerry Judy can. He can do everything that Henry Ruggs can except run a 4-2-40. Devonta Smith is a beast. And he's somebody that in a standard 3-4 round rookie uh, Debbie startup draft, he was not being selected. So in that depleted rookie 2020 draft, Devonta Smith's going to be a first-round rookie pick. Devonta Smith right now, I'm saying, is probably going to be a day-two selection, whether that's second or third round. I don't see him getting out of the third round because he is sure-handed, he's dynamic after the catch, and he has proven that he can be a reliable go-to target amongst Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle. Devonta Smith, stock sky freaking high. Now, Oklahoma wide receiver CeeDee Lamb had nine receptions on the season coming into a Saturday. Leaves out with a, uh, just about nine more. Seven catches, 185 and threes. A top four Debbie wide receiver. I mean, speed, route running ability, uh, outstanding hands, focus, body control. CeeDee Lamb has it all. It's good to see him get back on track, hit the end zone three more times, catch some more passes, and just remind college football why he's one of the best wide receivers out there. Surefire, uh, you know, top 2020 NFL draft pick and rookie dynasty drafts. Rashad Bateman, the best wide receiver on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I know they've got Tyler Johnson. Bateman is the best. Six receptions, 177 and two. 2021 eligible. He'll be a top pick in the 2021 rookie dynasty rookie drafts. Somebody that you need to go get. Bye, bye, bye. Write the name down. Remember the name is Isaiah Hodgins the Oregon State wide receiver who had 10 for 162 and 1 on Saturday, 6 foot 4, 210 pounds. A lot of people think this performance or this uh, performance that he's put on in 2019 has come out of nowhere. He's got 33 receptions, 509, 6 TDs, averaging 15.4 yards a catch. But if you go back to 2018, he had 59 receptions, 876 and 5. So I mean, it, it's the proof is in the pudding. He was good last year and he's good this year. He's got speed, route running ability. He's a junior, so he's 2020 eligible. Will he come out? I don't know. I don't know why he'd want to stay in Corvallis and continue to lose and beat his body up. He's going to have ridiculous stats at the end of this year, but Isaiah Hodgins is another cat that in Debbie Leagues depleted 2020 rookie draft. He's somebody that will probably go pretty high in your dynasty rookie drafts. Prototypical size, production, speed, route running ability. Bye, 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 Isaiah Hodgins. Auburn, sophomore wide receiver. Seth Williams, don't forget about me. He's waving his hands in the air. We're talking about Bateman and Justin Ross and Rondell Moore and all these other 2021 eligible wide receivers. Seth Williams, 8 for 161 and 2. Bo Nix is finding his groove. Seth Williams is finally back from injury. And he balled out against Ole Miss, I mean, against Mississippi State. 6 foot 3, 225 pounds, and nobody knows his age still. On the season, 17 receptions, 289 and 4. Developing that chemistry with the freshman Bo Nix. Seth Williams is a dog. He can go get, I mean, he looks like an NFL receiver right now. Again, 6'3, 225, speed, body control, hand. Seth Williams, bye bye bye. Tylen Wallace, 8 for 145. You know, Tylen Wallace is ridiculous. Oklahoma State's going to put up points. Tylen Wallace is the man. 2020 eligible as well as the nation's leading receiver, Antonio Gandy-Golden, 6 for 144 and 1. 
I mean, just, I mean, he's a monster, six foot four, 220 pounds. He's not the most athletic guy, but body control, size, can't be ignored. AGG, another one of those guys where in your dynasty rookie drafts next year, second round, you may be able to get AGG. You may be able to get a Tylen Wallace, Devonta Smith, Gabe Davis, UCF, six foot three, 212 pounds, had a hell of a game versus UConn on Saturday, five receptions. 119 yards, three TDs on the season. He's got 25 catches, 499 and eight. Another one of those under-the-radar wide receiver prospects. Now let's give some love to the tight ends. And Florida's got a guy that I'm really intrigued by, Kyle Pitts. Six foot six, 240-pound sophomore. On the season, he's got three TDs on 17 grabs, 189 yards, but he just looks athletic, right? In college, you really can't look at the production numbers from the tight end position because they're not used that way, the same way they are at the NFL. So you've got to look for traits, attributes, skill set. And Kyle Pitts has the, the look and the skill set of an NFL tight end. And Cole Komet out of Notre Dame, you know, he was hurt a little bit this earlier this season, but every game that he's played in that I've watched Notre Dame, he has shined, he has flashed. Bryson Hopkins is another one. 13 for 173 and 1. Notre Dame just has that history of producing legitimate tight ends, so he's somebody that I want. Now, Jonathan Taylor had another 100-yard game. It wasn't a monstrous performance like he had last week versus Michigan. Northwestern had, you know, a, a really good game plan, and that was to stop Jonathan Taylor, and they did a really good job of that. Taylor still went over 100 yards, but he had to earn it, and that's good. He caught the ball out of the backfield really well, looked comfortable doing it, and you don't have to have monstrous performances to improve your draft stock. In this game, where you have to grind it out, where you're averaging less than four yards a carry, those are good games to see. That shows me that even when holes aren't just massive, you can hand this ball to guy and lead your team to victory, and they won the game. So good to see Jonathan Taylor have one of those hard-fought games and still get over 100 yards. Talked about Nathan Stanley a little while ago. He's a sleeper. And a lot of people who scout the quarterback position say that he has looked even better than he did last year. He's somebody I talked about very early in the DDP uh, episodes. But in Superflex leagues, Nathan Stanley out of Iowa, he had 276-2. and two, Saw a couple of those touchdown passes, just threw some dimes. Somebody to keep, an, keep your eye on. Sleeper prospect. Stock up guy. Penn State wide receiver K.J. Hamler. Had one of the more ridiculous touchdown catch and runs that you will see. Just made the entire defense look silly. Go look it up if you haven't seen it. Maryland ought to be ashamed of themselves for letting KJ Hamler do that to him. Five foot nine, hundred and seventy-six pound speedster. Only sixteen grabs on the season. Three of them have gone for touchdowns. Three hundred fifty-three yards. Stock up for KJ Hamler. He's somebody that's not going to be a number one at the next level. He's not going to be a number two at the next level. But that third receiver, I'm looking at you know Taylor Gabriel type. He could be that. And those players are valuable. When 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 people get hurt, when your roster is hurting and you need a talented guy to throw out there, KJ Hamler reminds me of somebody who can do that. And when we're looking at the quarterbacks, Bo Nix, he's going to be a freaking stud. I mean, they absolutely, Auburn absolutely destroyed Mississippi State. Bo Nix, the true freshman, had 335 and two, 56 yards on the ground, one rushing TD, eligible in 2022. And I, you know, I have not looked at the 2022 quarterbacks, but right now, based off of the true freshmen who are playing him, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix is going to be that number one guy uh, here if we're talking 2022 right now. Now, let's talk about TCU wide receiver Jalen Rager. And, ugh. 
Oh, Jalen Rager, TCU, Jesus, I mean, another week of one reception or two receptions, whatever it is, 15 yards, they can't get him the ball, it's not because of Jalen Rager, the offense is just putrid, they are a running team, they ran the ball 61 times on Saturday, they got the win, so for Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs, that's all that matters, right, they got the win, Jalen Rager is not doing it through the air, and it will not happen this season, but... What he did do was have a fantastic punt return where you just get to see the absolute jets that this guy has, the agility, the speed. Jalen Rager is talented. Continue to buy low on Jalen Rager. I believe that he will not make it out of the second round of NFL drafts with the potential to be drafted in the first round. He's going to be a much better utilized pro than he is a college wide receiver. Jalen Rager is still the freaking man. Go buy Rager. Go by Rager from panicking owners of his right now because he doesn't have the production stats. If if, if I remember correctly, he had one reception, which means his total on the season is 11. 11 catches, four games through the college football season. It's a damn shame what, what's happening and the fact that they can't get him the ball, but I'm not wavering my love for him. And not just my love for him, but my belief in his skill set and those attributes at the next level. Don't trip. Jalen Rager's going to be a stud at the next level. All right, we're at that point of time in our dynasty leagues where things are really starting to shape up. Our teams are really starting to look good, but they're starting to look really, really bad. And I talked about this a couple episodes ago, selling off 2020 assets, trying to get players. Again, I'm just going to tell you, just relax. Don't sell those picks. Do not sell them. For a running back like James Conner, who you think that's all you need in order to make a playoff push, hang tight and relax. If you can sell some of those guys, if you can sell a uh, James Conner, a Derrick Henry, if you can sell some of these uh, wide receivers like an Adam Thielen, a Stephon Diggs, and acquire a 2021st, a 2022nd, do it. Do it. This 2020 draft is shaping up. To be absolutely ridiculous. And if your team is a team that is not going to contend for the title this year, I wouldn't even trip y'all. Just gear up. Gear up and prepare for what is about to happen in the next couple of months. So, my advice to you pretenders. Do not sell your picks for players. Sell some of those players, some of those aging veterans, to acquire 2020 seconds, 2020 firsts, 2021 firsts. Do that. And for you contenders, I still wouldn't sell your 2021st. I still would not do that. I would not. I wouldn't sell it. Don't sell that until way later on, way later on, like February, March, after the combine, right before the draft, during the draft. But for you contenders, you know, if you want to sell 2022nd to go ahead and get, you know, Chris Godwin, a Cooper Cup, somebody like that, I completely understand it. But now is the time, fellas. Now is the time, ladies, gentlemen. Do not sell those 2021 first. Hold them. Hold them. Hold them. Hold them. Because this class coming out is going to be insane. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have yet to subscribe, please do. Just hit the subscribe button. Damn, it isn't that hard. Subscribe to the show. 
you'll know when it comes out because it'll automatically load up on your phone. And if you can, I would really, really appreciate it if you can leave a rating, uh, rating and review, preferably on iTunes, telling me that the show is awesome, that the show has helped you. You know, that's what I want to hear. I love when people hit me up on Twitter and say, man, thanks, Ray, for that. I didn't know about that player. Or because of you, I paid a little more attention to Chuba Hubbard and I got him in the late second round of my Debbie startup and I really appreciate the show. That means a lot to me. It helps me keep going, makes me feel good about the content that I'm putting out. And if there's some things that you guys want to hear, at me on Twitter, DM me. Hey, Ray, can you talk about this? Can you do a segment on that? I have no problem with incorporating some of the things that you listeners want to hear because that's what I do it for. I don't even listen to these back. Once I do them, I don't listen to the show. You guys are listening, so tell me what you want to hear, and I will incorporate that in the show. But until next time, y'all be safe. I've got nothing left. You know what's next. Drop the music.